0: Good evening, my name is Tori McNeil. I'm here with Arun Aguirre. Uh, We're at Brooklyn Public Library, Central Library, discussing the Our Streets, Our Stories, Let's Talk 2016. Today is February 13th, Monday, and the time is now 7.24. So Arun, why don't you tell us about your Brooklyn story? Okay, sure. Um, I just want to repeat my name for the benefit of posterity. It's Arun Aguirre. I moved to Brooklyn in 2010 after living in different parts of the city over the previous uh, about 30 years, and um, I finally arrived in Brooklyn. I spent most of my, sorry, that's not correct. I arrived in Brooklyn around uh, 2007, I would say, and I lived in Sunset Park for a couple of years. and. Um, Then I uh, moved around a bit, and in 2010, I landed up in Park Slope, and I lived there till 2015, and October 22nd, 2015, I moved to Canarsie, which is at the end of the L train, and therefore is not known to a whole lot of people uh, unless they live there or live around there. There are large parts of Brooklyn, and certainly most of Manhattan, all of the Bronx and all of Staten Island, which have never heard of Canarsie, they don't even know that it exists. But it's a great neighborhood, extremely eclectic, very warm, uh, heavily Caribbean, African American, very uh, lower to middle to somewhat upper middle class, but with a concentration of uh, hardworking immigrants. Um, many of whom have just arrived in the last five to ten to fifteen years. Some of them have put down roots. There aren't too many tall buildings. There's uh, row after row after row of uh, one or two or three family houses, and uh, there would be an owner of the fam- of the house who lives there, and then he's uh, generating income, very often by uh, renting out an entire floor. Um, on a SRO kind of basis, with uh, tenants very often coming from the same immigrant nation, like Haiti, or Jamaica, or Trinidad, or Guyana, um, and some African countries. There are very few Whites, there's very few Asians, um, there's almost no Chinese, Koreans, Japanese. Um, there are some Indians, Pakistanis, There's a lot of Yemeni store owners, um, there's some great food and people are very nice. Uh, I, it's so different. I often carry a heavy wagon around with me because I helped to distribute uh, a paper called The Independent since uh, the last couple of months. And uh, I have the most amazing experiences of people helping me to um, maneuver through crowded corridors, or to go up and down steps. And one of the most amazing incidents was I was bringing down this heavy wagon one step at a time down the staircase at Broadway Junction. And this woman just uh, bent down with her back turned to me, picked up the bottom of the wagon, uh, carried it down, put it down on the on the floor and walked away without my even being able to look at her face And I was calling out saying, I want to thank you. And she was just like waving the back of her hand to me. She was like, I got my thing to do. You know, I helped you and (laughs) there's no need to talk anymore about it. So that that, that kind of, I've lived all over the city and that kind of experience is absolutely unique and amazing. Um, As far as 2016 is concerned, I um, had a kind of epiphany because from around 2010 when I moved to Park Slope, till about uh, 2015. I'd gone completely dormant. I had sort of semi-retired without actually physically retiring. But uh, I was living on a um, limited cash flow, um, a lot of family support. Um, I was eligible to uh, get benefits but partly out of lethargy, partly out of aversion to, depending on the government for anything. I was, uh, I just sort of brought all my fires down to a low grade of heating. I wasn't going out much, I wasn't eating much, I wasn't socializing much, and uh, around um, the middle of 2015, um, I kind of decided that I had I'd been doing enough of this non-participation in life and just about that time the Bernie Sanders campaign began kicking off. So I'm not quite clear did Bernie Sanders wake me up or did I wake up and find that Bernie Sanders was available and I could you know, quickly piggyback on it. I've been an activist a lot of my life. Um, so in the process of waking up looking for an activist kind of activity to jump into was a natural. Uh, and I'm still not clear, did Bernie Sanders inspire me, or, or not necessarily Bernie Sanders himself, but the energy and the enthusiasm and the momentum around this campaign, did that you know, trigger me, or did I kind of wake up and say, great, <laughs> there's something going on, and let me jump into that. But one way or the other, I began initially um, phone banking um, for the Bernie Sanders campaign and uh, I would go onto the Bernie Sanders website every day that I knew I was free that afternoon or evening and I would log in to see where there was a phone bank and it didn't matter to me. It could be in Brooklyn, it could be near to my home, it could be far away. Initially. I was just going to places which were easily accessible on the L train, partly because I had also, uh, in addition to the kind of uh, psychological dormancy, I'd also developed some uh, host of very complex medical issues, all of which seemed to be beyond solution. Um, And uh, I hadn't seen a doctor for years and years and years. Partly through the Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, I ran into a uh, really uh, hyper-enthusiastic, talented, uh, energetic, intelligent, and charming uh, volunteer. And one day uh, after we'd finished, actually on the day of the New York primary, we'd finished off for the evening, and she was heading home, and it was dark, and. I volunteered to walk her to the bus stop. And while walking, um, we began chatting and it transpired that she was a doctor. And I quickly positioned my complaint to her and uh, she had a solution. So since we're talking about Brooklyn, at that time she actually lived in Brooklyn as well, in the Flatbush slash Ditmas Park area. Now she's, uh, her name is Betty Collard, that's K-O-L-O-D. And now she's a resident at Montefiore in the Bronx for the last, um, since summer. And I haven't seen her since then. Uh, We've talked once or twice on the phone, but definitely not since she became a resident. But uh, that was kind of, uh, not necessarily causative, but uh, it was coincidental with the solution of several other medical problems I had and the issue on which she really came to my assistance with a remarkable piece of insight had to do with my uh, legs and my knees. I was having a really uh, hard time uh, walking along with uh, having a difficult time uh, over a period of maybe two or three years on balance. Uh, I would be walking um, at a 90 degree angle and suddenly I'd find my body was wearing off at a 65 degree angle. And occasionally I'd knock into people in the street and I became very hesitant about going anywhere that required climbing of stairs and things like that. Um, Anyway, so remarkably all that changed um, and I became very physically active. um, And I threw myself very enthusiastically into Bernie's campaign and uh, all the way till the primary um, which was I think in April and then beyond that when in the next month or so I realized that Bernie was going to cop out and rather than uh, challenge the Democratic Party establishment for the nomination or in the interest of the country and in the interest of his own movement, declare an independent campaign. When I realized that wasn't going to happen, then I switched uh, immediately to Jill Stein. And uh, I began uh, working with the Brooklyn arm of the Green Party. And uh, I did a lot of canvassing and flyering and phone banking and that sort of thing for Jill Stein. So, um, 2016 um, ended with uh, the presidential election in November. And uh, I kind of uh, foresaw that uh, the Democrats were going to lose, and they were going to lose badly. I called it a long time before... Um, much to the surprise and disappointment of a lot of friends who then automatically presumed that because I was saying that Hillary is not going to be strong enough and even if she were to win, she's not going to be a good president and she doesn't deserve to be president. They automatically made me a trumpeter, uh, a Donald Trump enthusiast, which I wasn't. I had had a small uh, encounter with him maybe 20 years ago. Um, I have a business background and uh, part of my management experience included uh, very high level recruiting. So I developed an ability to form a quick judgement of an individual based on a slight encounter. Sometimes that could go wrong, most of the time I was right. And uh, just in terms of forming a general impression, most of the time, almost all the time, I was correct. So I formed this impression of this man as a competent uh, entrepreneur, a sharp businessman, Uh, and then later on I saw him in um, situations like The Apprentice, and public statements that he made, and all his marriages, and it was almost, if you lived in New York, it was inescapable to run into some mention of Donald Trump or the other. So, um, I saw that this election was going to go to him, and there was nothing that anybody could do to stop it. Um, So immediately after the election, I began trying to organize um, and uh, kind of along with my disgruntled, disappointed, dejected friends and colleagues who had worked for Bernie, many of them had switched to Hillary, most of them had actually switched to Jill Stein, um, who had a disastrous showing, uh, not unexpectedly because of issues like finance and access to media and access to the three presidential debates. Um, I, um, one day was, uh, I'm a a news junkie. I've been an editor of a newspaper. I've been a freelance writer, I've been a correspondent. Um, So I'm a news junkie. Um, Sometimes I don't even have enough place in my bag for all the newspapers and periodicals I grab in order to read. And there's no way that I'm finishing them by the time I get home, so then they end up piling up till they become so old that they're not uh, really they're readable anymore. Not that they're in tattered condition or anything, it's just that the news is down. Uh, so, uh, so many uh, events have overtaken the news of the day three months ago or two months ago or one month ago even one week ago. That is not worth reading them in detail anymore. But uh, I picked up a copy of newspaper, which I had been familiar with, um, called The Independent. It's available here. It's a free publication. And every issue they drop off at least 200 copies at the library. And sometimes when that runs out, they uh, replenish. So it could be uh, at the Brooklyn Public Library, Central Library, there could be an uptake of four to 500 copies. Uh, I just loved the issue that I read, it was a post-election issue. And the thinking, the analysis, the coverage, uh, the questions it raised, the answers it provided, the directions it pointed to, that was all just reflecting, you know, all the little thoughts that had gone through my head, all the doubts that I had, all the questions that I had. And I said, wow, I know what I'm going to do. If this issue has done so much for me, then my uh, role in the post-election phase is clear. I have to get this issue into the hands of as many people as I can. There's no way I want to allow this issue to go unread. Uh, I have to also try and uh, get it to people who've never seen it before. And I have to get it to people like me who might have been enthusiastic uh, passionate, opinionated, energized by the election process, even if they didn't actually participate. But therefore, the next morning after the election, uh, were left thinking, gee, what next? What does anyone do? What does society do? What, I, what do I do? One experience I had in the Bernie Sanders slash Jill campaign was that I saw that my neighborhood of Canarsie was totally under canvas. It was uh, under access. One day, I saw in this, on the sidewalk a flyer for a candidate at that time, now she's the Assemblywoman, uh, called Jamie Williams. And uh, I looked at it, I stared at the picture, I picked it up and turned it on both sides. And then I said, oh my God, there hasn't been a single, I haven't seen a single Bernie Sanders flyer anywhere in this neighborhood. And here's one lying on the floor. Obviously they must have plastered the neighborhood or at least distributed it so widely that you know an extra copy is floated away and is lying on the sidewalk. But I haven't seen anything with Bernie. I didn't see anything with Jill Stein. Um, and I realized then that um, being a low income uh, neighborhood uh, it was likely to be overlooked and ignored, in addition to the fact that there aren't sufficient entry points into the neighborhood. As I said earlier, the population is largely made up of immigrant or working class people. Um, And there were no conventional avenues of how to access them. And I said to myself, uh, now I have the ability, since I have uh, Made the decision to help distribute this paper, and when I talked to the publishers and the editor of the paper, they were very excited that I would be helping them to physically distribute greater quantities. And I said, why not tie that in with uh, educating Kanarsi instead of, you know, giving it anywhere and everywhere and increasing the readership in places where it's already available? Why don't I uh, try and Combine developing Canarsie consciousness as well as pushing the paper uh, to the mutual benefit of everyone. So I started by uh, the the, uh, the I started by going to the libraries. As I said, the paper is available at this library, and there are probably another ten, maybe twelve branches of the Brooklyn Public Library where it's also available. Uh, And I use the library system quite a bit. So I said, you know, the credentials are already established because these various branches have already uh, approved it for them to carry on their shelves as a free uh, community slash neighborhood slash independent publication. So it should be easy to just go with a few copies to the libraries which I use. And for some strange reason, Kanarsi has three public libraries all of them between 5 to 10 minutes bus ride from my home. One of them is actually a 10-12 minute walk. The other is about maybe a 15 minute walk, and then the third is um, two simple bus rides away. Um, So we're blessed with these three libraries, and I said let me, you know, access them one after the other. So uh, the paper is now stocked in both those libraries, uh, in two of the libraries, in the third. Uh, which was the first one that I accessed. They got initially very excited about it, then somebody in the library system said, no, it's political, it's slanted, it doesn't say anything else about anybody else other than Donald Trump, so how can we carry it? It will be viewed that we are supporters of a political ideology, etc. So the director of the library actually ordered that the entire stack of papers be thrown away, which I thought was quite stupid. Um, But uh, there's also several senior centers, for some reason, in the Kanarsi neighborhood. And I began going to uh, each of the centers and talking to the directors and saying, this might be useful reading material for some of your seniors. So can I put... And all of them said yes. So within a matter of about three or four weeks, I had uh, opened up (coughs) about six or seven very good uh, distribution points, and usually I would um, not just leave the paper for people to pick up uh, if they saw it, but I would actually go person to person and say that, you know, I live in the neighborhood and uh, I'm helping to distribute this paper, would you like a copy? That proved to be very effective at least for people to take it home. I'm not sure to what extent they would want to read it. So, Arun, can you talk about um, what you're looking forward to in 2017? One uh, insight that I developed from distributing the paper in these libraries and the senior centers is that I really should be focusing on youth And uh, so that's something I'm looking forward to. And uh, this morning and yesterday, no, this morning and last week, I participated in a kind of theatrical enrichment process where we looked at uh, musicals from 40 or 50 years ago, which happened to be uh, musicals that I'd enjoyed very much. at least two of them had Julie Andrews. Um, one of them, uh, today, the one that we talked about today was Mary Poppins, and uh, I forget the title of the one that we talked about last week. But in a group setting we looked at uh, YouTube video clips of both the musicals, and. Uh, It kind of brought me back to the excitement of youth and the joy of childhood. And uh, I love music, I'm a good singer. I was, I I grew up in Bombay where uh, we were lucky if the movie would come even two or three years after it was released abroad. And if it was an English language movie, we were lucky if it stayed in the one or two theatres in the city for about four or five weeks. And we didn't have much access to records, almost zero access to tapes and DVDs. And so the result was that if you really wanted to know the music, you had to somehow or the other, by the end of the musical, walk out knowing every song that had been sung and being able to sing it on the way home, music, words and everything. So along with others, I developed that ability. and. Uh, I uh, I just got you know uh, reawoken. So if you see the form that I filled out today, I changed my occupation. I think the last form I filled out with uh, when the uh, Our Streets Our Stories conducted an interview in my Kanarsi neighborhood, I believe I might have filled out as a profession. I might have said revolutionary, but uh, after today's experience, I realized that I can be. Uh, A really good teacher uh, and I would get great joy out of opening up children's minds so I've actually put my profession down now as babysitter because that's what I plan to do. Uh, Not necessarily baby baby babysitting but I plan to spend as much time as I can can with uh, people below 25, 21, 18, 16, 12, Eight. Uh, just, you know, letting them see life can be different, challenging uh, models of behavior that they might have form- formed, uh, trying to get them to get more out of their parents, um, stimulating their minds the way, you know, these musicals stimulated me. Um, And that's what I'm looking forward to with great excitement. At the same time, I'm going to continue my political involvement. Uh, It's been ramped up quite a bit. And uh, the new presidency is just three weeks old. But uh, I foresee that uh, in the next few months, I should have become part of several activist circles some of which will intertwine with one another and will create a process of uh, development of an alternative model of public participation in political life, uh, governance, uh, opposition, and start preparing for 2020. All right. So, Mr. Uh, Rona, Mr. it certainly was an honor and a privilege speaking with you today about... Our Streets, Our Stories, Let's Talk 2016. Uh, Of course, we do wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. And thanks again for speaking with us. Okay, great.